Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my JC Shazay series. This is part eight, where my lovely guest, Christine and I will be breaking down every track from Schizophrenic, but first we start with just some good old-fashioned JC and InSync discussion. I was having way too much fun interviewing somebody because I've done most of this series completely on my own, so it was just amazing to commiserate with another lifelong or almost lifelong JC fan. So you really big JC fans, you are in for such a treat today. If I sound a little congested, it's because I'm getting over COVID, which, ugh, I mean, I'm so grateful and so happy. I know it's so much worse for so many people, and I honestly have to thank you guys, my listeners, because I woke up on the day that I was supposed to have released part seven publicly, and I had so many messages of like, where's the podcast? It's not showing up for me. And it just made me feel amazing. It was like kindness that hit the inside of me, my heart, and it worked wonders and made me feel so much better. Call me crazy, but I really do feel like you guys helped because I work so hard on this podcast and sometimes I forget that people listen to it. I know that's so stupid, but I really do this as a passion project. So I genuinely sometimes just don't think about how anyone in the world can hear it. And when people are like, hey, I I really love this podcast. Why isn't it out? I've been waiting for it. I'm like, oh my God, you care about my podcast? Thank you. (laughs) That morning when I, or that afternoon, because I've been sleeping as much as possible to try to kick this, it really helped me. Like I was like, no, I have to get out of bed. I have to sit up. I have to open my laptop (laughs) and I have to get this out. Like there's people who want it and it just means the world to me. So thank you so much. I actually think I have a chance of testing negative for Christmas so that I could see other people. So I'm just really grateful that I'm feeling better now. And I feel almost back to normal. Like you wouldn't know it by how congested (laughs) I am, but I definitely, I feel great. I even went for a walk today to make sure my lungs are okay. And so far, so good. So thank you everyone who cares about this podcast. And speaking of everyone who cares about this podcast, This is the 100th episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I can't believe it. It's the 100th episode. I'm shook. Like I, I just wasn't thinking about it. And then again, like you guys are amazing. People started messaging me like a couple months ago, like, oh my God, your 100th episode is coming up. And I was like, I guess it is. And I was going to do a special episode for the 100th, but then I had this episode basically done and I was like, well, I don't want to delay this by taking time to work on a special 100th episode when I already have a 100th episode that's done. So I'm going to make the 101st episode the special episode and it's going to be a celebration of this podcast and you guys and 
just everything that I've done the past three years because I really owe it all to you. So I'm taking submissions. I already have so many wonderful ones. I mean, my heart has just grown 10 sizes. You guys are just so lovely. Like, I feel like I've found my people by doing this podcast. I feel like it literally attracts people that are so similar to me that also have this really big passion for pop culture and don't mind my two, three hour episodes because you also love that in-depth examination of things that maybe some people find to be frivolous or silly and... For us, it's not. And I am just so grateful that I have this outlet. So I just feel like this time, it's the end of the year, you know? Like, I feel like it's a great moment to reflect on the last three years of podcasting. I'm just so, so, so grateful. So I know you guys are like, please get on with the (laughs) JC of it all. So I will do that now. Very special thanks to Christine from Shazay Daily for joining me on this episode. Also big thanks to Rachel for contributing in the last episode. After this, we're going to be covering the story of Kate, which is JC's unreleased album. And I can't wait to get into that with you guys as well. And then we'll be covering his later career and life. And that'll be it for JC. I can't believe it. (laughs) This has been the most amazing year. I was going to say with JC. That sounds like I'm saying that I've been like in the same room as him or something, which I actually I have once or twice. You guys, I'm sorry. I still have COVID brain. I'm like, what's going on? I have been in the same room as JC twice this year. And if you would have told me that when I started this series, I would have been like, you need help. You are unwell and you need medication and care. But and yet it's real. It's true. So believe in your dreams. And and yeah, I I just am so I'm so grateful and I love you guys so much. I know I'm gushing, but I feel so much better now and I'm just so relieved and I'm so grateful to all of you guys. So Thank you so much. I hope everyone is having a very lovely, happy holiday season. And yeah, let's get into the episode. All right, JC girls, this one is for you. I have a very, very special guest on the podcast today to discuss one of our favorite albums, a very underrated album, Schizophrenic by JC Shazay. Of course, please welcome Christine of Shazay Daily. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Any opportunity that I have to talk about JC, I get extremely excited. So this is exciting. I know. Same. That's why I set up this big project for myself because (laughs) I was like, I'm just bursting over here every day with, (laughs) I just want to yell at people like (laughs) about this album. So So that's great. That actually is why I started Shazay Daily back in 2014. I had seen so many great Instagram pages popping up on Instagram and you know, it became this new movement. And I was like, I need a place to channel all of this fangirl energy. <laughs> I think we've all had that similar experience. So I started the page and it's grown since then. I, I was lucky enough to send some live stories from the Hollywood Walk of Fame celebration and MMC 30. And it's just sort of become like my fangirl diary. So it's really exciting. If you have not had a chance to follow my page, be sure to do so. It's got a lot of, now it's got a lot of current insane content, which I never had that on my bingo card for 2023. Um, so I sort of kind of branded myself as like your insane bestie. I love to talk about them. So I'm excited to talk here as well today. Yes, me too. I'm so, so happy we could do this. And yeah, your account has been going strong for a very long time. And you've always had really quality, awesome JC content. But recently, I loved with InSync coming back, you do this kind of 
video roundup at the end. You were doing it almost every day when they were really like (laughs) releasing stuff constantly. But even now, um, I just love that. I think it's such a good way to for people to tune in that maybe aren't checking their phones as obsessively as I am. Okay, and (laughs) I was going to say that may not be on that level. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Not everybody is. So it's good to just have that roundup from someone who's clearly so passionate about it. And you're always rocking a new InSync shirt. How many of those do you have, by the way? Oh my goodness. I think I probably have 50 or 60 InSync shirts. I have three drawers full in my house. Oh my goodness. I love that. (laughs) Yes. I keep, my friend Anna keeps asking me, she's like, can you just spend like 15 minutes talking about all of your InSync shirts? I, I always mean to, it's like, I have to pull them all out and but yeah, I've, I started collecting them back in 1998 and, you know, every time there's a new merch capsule, I always buy one or two. And then when they pop up in random places, I always try to grab one or two. So anything that's new and fun and catches my eye, I love to have. I'm sure you have this since you have so many, but I think my very first Instinct shirt was their home for Christmas. Like just the black one with the album mm-hmm. cover on it. I still yep. have that. I do often wear that the day before holiday break at school. So those of you who don't know, I'm also a, a teacher by actual career. So sometimes I'll have some fun and bring my Instinct home for Christmas t-shirt in, or I'll wear they have the gingerbread men sweatshirt that they came out with a few years ago. I love to wear that on like ugly Christmas sweater day, even though it is really cute, but it, it does kind of, it's a little kitschy, but it's okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. I I mean, you're probably, are you known around work and probably everybody in your life as like the NSYNC girl? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. We had a a new teacher at school and I wore an NSYNC sweatshirt on a Friday and she was like, oh, you must be wearing this because they're getting back together. And another teacher walked by and goes, this is her brand all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Please don't group me in with someone who's only just going to put on an NSYNC shirt because they're getting back together. I always wear my NSYNC clothing. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, now she knows. She's like, okay, I get it. You're, you're one of those. I'm like, I am, you know, it's, and it's fun. You know, as long as you, and I always say, if you have something that you're passionate about and you love that much, I feel like everyone should have something in their life that brings them that much joy. Oh, totally. I love it. Like, even if I'm completely uninterested in a topic, if I notice that somebody is really obsessed with something, because that's me with pop culture and in sync and a bunch of other musical acts as well. I embrace it. I'm always like, yes, tell me about your new obsession with rocks or whatever it is. I'm like, I want to hear. I, I just love passionate people, you know? Yeah, I think that's what makes the world go around for sure. And speaking of passionate people, there is a very passionate person that we're talking about today, JC, of course. So do you remember when you first got into NSYNC? Because you are you got into him with NSYNC, right? You weren't a mm-hmm. MMC girl? No, I'm 36. So I'm just at that cusp where I was a little young for MMC. My family also didn't get the Disney Channel at that time. So I got a chance with some of my older family members to watch the like the free preview weekends that they used to do. So I knew of the show and I knew of some of the people on the show, but I really wasn't a JC girl by MMC. So it was actually, it was the Disney Channel special that roped me in. At that time, we actually did get the Disney Channel. And I sat and I was actually at my family's lake house and we were watching on a very small TV, as a matter of fact, in the in the guest bedroom. And the show just started and my mind was blown. So I was a Hanson girl. I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. So I was a Hanson girl before NSYNC. And I swore that I would never love a band as much as I loved Hanson, which is why I couldn't get into the Backstreet Boys because I, I, that's it. Hanson is my jam. And then 
that Disney Channel special started. And so everyone always laughs because I was a Lance girl for the first maybe 45 seconds to one minute of the special because I just thought he was the cutest thing. Still Mm -hmm. love you, Lance. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But JC opened his mouth and just he started singing. I want to rock with you all night like Michael Jackson. And I just remember my head went up and I was like, oh, my goodness. It was that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were like a meerkat <laughs> exactly right it was like this beacon and I just like looked up and I remember going they're really good and then for the rest of that special I just was the most captive audience and at that time I didn't have the internet in my house I mean it was 1998 so you would you know it wasn't common so I remember going out I think it was that Monday we were away for the weekend and I went to the grocery store and I grabbed every magazine that I could find. And I just started reading it in the aisle because I needed to know more. Uh, I remember that, like that intense need to like, okay, I have to know more about these people. Like, where are they? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I didn't get the internet in my house until 99. So I know what you mean. And it's just so funny to think about we had to wait for it to come on TV. And right? if we happened to find a magazine or something, it's like we had to buy it because that's all you had. You couldn't just go look them up and read 10 interviews within like an hour that you, you could find, you know, it's just amazing. Right. Yeah. So then luckily, I think it was that maybe October, we finally, my parents caved and we got the internet in our house. And I just then lived on AOL in the, in the Hanson chat rooms and the InSync chat rooms, you know, all of those things. And then, you know, InSync.com came around and I was constantly on there or AOL keyword InSync. And it was just, yeah, every, um, every little grain of information or content about InSync I could consume. I did. I, I wasted so much ink on our printers, printing pictures from the internet. It was a good time. I mean, it was such, looking back on it now as an adult, it was such an innocent time to be a fangirl where you just, it was so pure. I know. It really was. It's this whole time this year where they've come back has made me feel so connected to my just the pure joy of childhood, of just mm-hmm. loving them so much and rushing home from the bus stop to make it in time to see TRL and record it. And I just, those days, they've given us those days back. And I wonder if they understand how, <laughs> like, I hope, I, I truly do. I think that they're realizing, and especially now that, like, Joey was at that Comic-Con this last weekend. And I think really having a chance to interact with people and when they tell their stories, I think sometimes it really does sink into the guys just how much of an impact they have made on our lives. The person that probably needs to hear it the most is JC because we know how he is. He's Mm -hmm. very modest and is always downplaying his own success and talent and everything. And when he was talking about on Ryan Seacrest, he was like, we didn't even know if anybody was going to really make a big deal about this and I was like come on guys like yep. really <laughs> or even when Chris said they were at the VMAs and he turned to him and was like is anyone going to care about this I was like you do realize that I ran home from work or I, I really just wanted to shout from the rooftops I've been creating TikTok videos for the last week tracking down private airplanes and <laughs> and who is in New York already and who's trying to trick us by posting pictures from Italy, Mr. Chazé. Oh I mean, God. it was just like, I don't think they realized the moment really the, the way that it had an impact on on people. 
JC, if you're listening, that was a very weak attempt at throwing us off. We already <laughs> knew what was going on. <laughs> we we had a little, we had some little seeds of maybe a little delusion, maybe a little hope. I mean, I feel like that's been 2023 in a nutshell. Oh my goodness. Yes, for sure. It's it's crazy because I have friends in the music industry that are telling me things that are going on and I definitely believe them. There, There's no reason why they would be lying to me. They're not trying to get anything from me, you know, but still it's like when I get certain updates and they're like, yeah, like a tour is happening. Don't worry. Like they're figuring it out. I'm like, but that moment though, when I finally like see the list of dates, like it just seems so impossible, but I don't want to mm-hmm. think that way. So I'm always just like, no, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. You know? Yeah. I I was having this moment driving in my car. I was listening to one of my Spotify sync playlists and I think Better Place actually had just started. And I was like, how are, are they going to create some kind of teaser video if something happens? Like just the thought of how it's going to be announced to me, it just like blows my mind that I'm even even thinking about that, like I always resign myself to the fact that, okay, I can go see, you know, Joey at a Comic-Con or Chris host a Pop 2000 show or Lance when he comes around, so on and so forth, or, you know, support Justin. But it's like, actually the thought of there possibly being something with the five of them just like overjoys me. It's like almost I can't contain my excitement. I'm keeping that money in the account and I am saving it because everything that I've heard, there's no way that, that, because it's so many different sources and in different areas too of the industry, like there's Mm -hmm. just no way that it's, that everybody's like, (laughs) all these random people are conspiring to torture me. Um, But I just know how they are and like how hard it is to align five schedules with families and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, if it gets canceled, I don't think it's because of like, for a lack of trying. So I feel like it probably will, if it doesn't happen 2024, like it'll happen 2025, because that's the 30 year anniversary. Right. That's what I've been, you know, holding my, my Delulu train is, is fixated on the 30th anniversary of the band. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even long before I started this series, before I started connecting with like all of you guys that I've connected with, like that was my thought just in my own mind. I was like, we're coming up on the 30th anniversary. Like something has to happen. And then we, I mean, I didn't expect anything to happen before then. And then we got all of this and now it just feels like even more likely and even more like it's right around the corner. But I just feel like until I see the proof, I just can't like fully believe it. But I just keep like putting so much positivity out there because I'm right. just like, I'm just like, it's happening, everybody. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Let's not worry about it. It's happening. Let's just like manifestation. Yeah, exactly. Look, if if I can meet JC, anything can happen because I literally like We'll never understand like how that happened, but anyways. Oh, I know. Just trust me. My one of my friends and I were like, if we could just get to California, that would be great. But of course, you know, didn't happen. But I got to live vicariously through you and through Callie. So, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Wow, I thought Callie had a lot of instinct shirts. She said she has like thirty, but you even you even <laughs> sped past that. Yes, it's a little it's a little excessive, but it's okay. And I don't love mind. It. It's a, I'm a little extra when it comes to InSync and to know that is to love me and that's what I always tell people. Oh, yes, of course. Being extra is like I mean, that's that's like on my license. It's like just morning, <laughs> she's extra. Um yep. <laughs> but anyway, I, honestly, sometimes I wish 
that I didn't even have the sources because I feel like every time my phone lights up, I like shoot through the roof and I'm like, is it time? I'm like, right. is, it, is, there, is this when they're going to tell me like it's happening? Because the um, the reason I even knew to go to the VMAs or like try to get in was because one of my sources confirmed like they will be there. If you can go, you need to you need to go yeah. like you want to be there trust me and I was like yeah. oh my god I had got I had gotten that too and I was like I the school year had just started and like I had a big meeting that day and I was like I can't not be at this meeting I was like I will just be a fangirl from home and I was grumpy all day at work I was grumpy all day the next day but you know what I was happy to see so many people got a chance to go and have that amazing amazing time it's still so surreal like it's like you were saying before with when it's the five of them, it's just a different thing. It's magic, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, like yes, obviously meeting JC and seeing him do new songs and all that stuff was just mind-blowing. But it's just when when I actually was like looking at the five of them in front of me, I feel like my brain didn't even like work fast enough for me to understand. Compute that it was actually happening, yes. yeah. <laughs> It's just like it's so hard that's why I feel like even though I've heard from so many people like yeah it's happening they just cannot say anything about it like they're supposed to be saying no you know it's like I just something in my brain is just like but really like yeah. I don't know no, there's there's always it's a certain level of pain that comes with being an NSYNC fan I've learned that over the years <laughs> I know I know I know oh man okay so Obviously, JC's voice is really what sets him apart. I think not just from the rest of the group, but I have always said he's the best singer in any of these boy bands. Definitely. What do you think, though? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that would have said that. What about him has caused you to continue all these years to be not just a fan, but be someone who has a fan account and is is posting a lot and wants to let fans know what's going on with him and, and follow his career? I think you touched on it before. JC's humility is something that has set him apart from other celebrities, from, for me at least, for the last 20-something years. He is so insanely talented in everything, in his songwriting, in his vocal abilities, in his instrumentation, in, in just everything to me. And he is so humble almost to a fault about it and I think that there's something about JC that that piece of him has always drawn me into him and it's I've always felt I mean JC obviously is about 11 years older than me but I've always felt as a JC fan so fiercely protective of him because he is just this amazing soul who has touched so many lives and I feel the need to like protect that piece of it I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like everyone's going to be like, oh gosh, Christine, here you go. But it's just like, there's this piece of that humility and that insane talent that just makes him just this, I mean, it's like, I don't even have words to describe. It just makes him this artist that I admire so deeply and I have, and not even just an artist, but as a person. I agree for sure. All the research that I have done, which has been so exhaustive, there is just not a bad word that anyone in the world has to say about this person. <laughs> like, right. amazing. I really never see anything like this in the industry. And right. to be honest, as much as we all wish that he put out more solo albums and 
was awarded the way Justin is, for example, I actually have kind of changed my mind in that I would like us to get more songs, but I kind of feel like I don't know that him being at the level of fame that Justin is would be good for his mental health. And I don't want him to get the type of scrutiny that Justin gets. And I know a lot of I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're just a total Justin hater, you might say, well, Justin did this and that and JC hasn't done that. But they do it to everyone. I mean, they find mm-hmm. something, even if it's not something obvious, they find things to pick on and go after. And I just feel like he's so much more at peace doing his own thing and just having a little community of people like us that's into it. And the rest of the world doesn't really know about it. And that's fine. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day for me, for for this entire ride that I've been on is JC's peace and his his entire self to me, is what's most important. I think that's why I've always been so protective of him and his music and kind of the legacy that's around him. I love when people talk about him. I'm, you know, I love scrolling through TikTok and seeing people talking about him and all the new fan accounts that have popped up. I love talking to them and interacting with them and seeing the content. But for me, it's like just this, I feel that protectiveness. I love to share him. Obviously, he's not my entity to keep, but it's just that that piece of, you know, being a fan of his is it's a special thing. I agree. It's it's kind of like a um like when I met Callie, I hadn't known her at all before we met JC together and now I feel like we just have this bond that nobody understands. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we were and both you don't, you don't get it unless, you know, I've got, you know, other JC fan friends that we have this special bond over our love for him, just like that. Yeah, it's just a shorthand, whereas like with other people when my friends ask me what I'm working on and they know I'm I'm doing this JC thing and they're like, oh, what about this? And I, you know, I saw the VMAs and I have to be very much more like, well, you know, JC, he had an album that came out in 2004 and didn't really do that well. And I'm like explaining it in this very like Cliff's Notes type of way. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to get to know all of you guys because – I'm talking about this very niche thing, but I know that you know all the details that I also know, so I can just kind of like... (laughs) Right, and just go with it. Absolutely. Yes, yes. yes. So it's it's great. I love this fandom. So when JC started doing his solo shows, did you make it to any of those? So it's so funny. I feel like, you know how Craigslist has missed connections on there? I feel like my entire life with solo JC has been one missed connection after another. So when JC went on the schizophrenic tour, he came to Boston. He came to New York. Um, I was a senior in high school and it was a school night. And both of my parents were like, I don't care if the sky is falling. You're not going to the city. You don't have anyone to go with you. You're not going. I mean, it was absolutely devastating. So I cried and I told him that I was going to run away. You know, I was very much, very much a teenager with that. Obviously did not run away, but I was lucky enough. I had a friend who went to the show and she actually called me and she just held her cell phone up the whole time. And I just sat in my room listening to the concert over the cell phone. Yeah, it was very sweet of her. And then um, he did a local radio show here in Connecticut, but that was another You Are Not Going. So I had another friend call me from that, and I had a chance to listen to that. But, you know, I I regret a lot of that not being more like, you know, I'm going and that's it. I mean, I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. I, 
you know, you're a teenager and you kind of argue with your parents, but I, you know, grew up in kind of a strict household, so I wasn't really going to push back that much. But, you know, then, you know, fast forward three years when he's promoting the second album and, you know, I was in college and I had an opportunity to actually go up to Maine to, to go to one of his radio promo appearances where he actually played uh, the story of Kate for the fans in the radio stations. And I had no way of getting up there. There at that time there were no Ubers and the the commuter rail trains from Boston like ran very sporadically and it was very devastating that I wasn't there. But um so I, I do. I feel like with JC it's been one missed connection after another. So I think all my good karma is is coming. It's coming oh. threefold. It's coming back. It is coming. When he was a judge on America's Best Dance Crew, and I post this every once in a while. So a buddy of his used to run livevideo.com, which was, I guess, sort of like a YouTube competitor. It was the early days of YouTube. And they would actually go behind the scenes every week to America's Best Dance Crew. And they would literally interview JC for us. It was, there's still some of them on YouTube. So if you haven't seen them, and this goes for everyone, like they're super fun to watch because we would always ask him about his outfits. And he would always take 10 minutes after the tapings of the shows to come for these live chats and it was live streamed on the internet and my friends actually um wrote into the host and was like oh you know christina's turning 21 can you give a shout out so he actually gave me a birthday shout out like right on the air which was like it was so surreal he's like happy 21st i mean it was so cool it was like a, a live cameo before they were a real thing and like of course that made you know my entire birthday and it's probably made every birthday for the last you know 25 years but uh it was amazing and then when he was doing promo for the story of kate was actually for um until yesterday he was on open house party i called in and the dj it was must have been an intern was like well we're not taking any calls for the celebrity guest and then they took someone's call because i was listening live in my dorm room and i called back again i was like you took someone on the air that doesn't know anything about him i was like this interview is not going well from someone who is a super fan i was like i have real questions for the man like will you please let me on the air so they're like well let us talk to the host and like i was on hold for like two minutes and then they were like we're going to patch you in to talk to JC. Oh my God. I love you. I love that you did that. Well, I was like, you guys are not being respectful of who he is as an artist. And I feel like that's happened to him a lot in his career that other things have gone on around him and he hasn't had a chance to talk about his art. And that to me is really his bread and butter. And that's what he's so good at. When I called in, we started talking about, I don't remember exactly what it was, but we were talking about until yesterday. And like at that time he was talking about intelligent pop music and how that's what he wanted to create for the second album. And we had like a solid three to four minute conversation about everything. And it was, it was amazing. And I just remember (laughs) sitting on my bed shaking because, you know, he was coming through on my phone. And then like, I heard it on the radio after. And then I was a member of JJB, that big instinct message board at the time. And I, I still have a copy of it on my computer, because it's like, so cool. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> so I never had a chance to meet him in person. But you know, we did have the little uh, live video thing. And we had that great interaction on open house party that time. So that's always a story I love to tell because it was, it was just fun. And then I had tickets to see him in Jesus Christ Superstar at Madison Square Garden. So we bought the VIP package. We were going to meet him. It was the night before my birthday. So it was going to be just the best birthday ever. 
And then when, you know, the investors pulled the plug on the show, that's actually one of the very first times that I ever really deeply cried at work. My friend texted me and was like, they pulled the plug on the whole thing. And I just started to cry because I just felt my heart hurt for JC and for the other actors in the project. That was, it was this hurt that was wild to think that it affected me as much as it did, but it was, it was a deep hurt. No, I totally agree. I felt the same way. There was something really that felt just so wrong about that entire scenario because Mm -hmm. we had gone so far with it it wasn't like oh he was just talking maybe it'll happen it it was (laughs) it was happening right it was promo appearances in new york and it was this and then it was you know they were in new orleans for rehearsals and then they were just like boom you have no more show yeah and i was also totally wrong about that because i remember at the time when it got canceled i was saying oh, he'll find another show to do. Like, he'll he'll do another Broadway show or something. Like, his voice is so good, and there are so many musicals that would suit his voice. And I was just like, he'll find another one. And then he didn't. And then right. when I started hearing that he was working on a musical and then two musicals, I that was one of the first things I thought of where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I'm so happy he's finding his way back to that because even though it seems like – I mean, he's not doing this because he wants to star in a musical necessarily, but – just that he isn't so burned from that whole situation that he would never do it again because i mean the only thing that's harder than trying to find a role in a, in a musical that's going to be on broadway or touring like jesus christ superstar was is developing one yourself and getting it out there right. yourself and he's going in deep yes. you know he and he and jimmy harry just you know it's been it was so so super fun because Jimmy we would look at Jimmy Harry's Instagram stories and and posts and he would have I would be like oh that's JC's handwriting on the board behind him what are they working on <laughs> it's that's the life of being a JC fan you look for every little crumb and you embrace it and and that's you know it's a lifestyle Oh my gosh. It's like, we will take anything. It's just, I love how every once in a while there's a post from Podwall's page and someone, I'll, I'll see it and I'm like, oh, JC's not there. And then on the next like five stories is all the Stan accounts that are like, oh, look, 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 look. This is his hand. Like he's worn that watch before. <laughs> like, yep. Oh my this God. is his left eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm dying to see what will happen with these musicals. Like, it's just, cause just because... I have a theater degree, so I've just known so many people that try to do this. And I'm I'm just happy that not only because of obvious reasons, because we've been waiting forever for mm-hmm. instinct to get back together, but like I'm just so happy that all that happened because I was like, ooh, this is gonna raise awareness and interest in JC and his musical. And if people are seeing how excited NSYNC fans are about this, then right. people will be more likely to invest in him and get this actually up on a stage. So I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the, the next steps for it. I have kind of jokingly said I will, you know, bring a cardboard box to New York if he there's any, you know, any previews going on off Broadway. I would love to to get to be there. I was a, a youth musical theater director myself and a musical director for several summers and also had some theater background from growing up. So it's, you know, as a, as a theater person, it just it combines two big loves of mine, which is so exciting. I know, I know. It's going to be so great. I'm literally like always stalking my nerdy theater kid websites and (laughs) trying to ask people. I'm like, have you heard of me? 
thing about J.C. Chazay is doing a Frankenstein musical. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, let me show you the clip. Yes. I'm like, I have the videos. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So good. They were just such a nice treat to have. Oh, it's just unbelievable like that he sounded that good. I mean, he did that. How do you sleep? Like that was the first one. And I didn't know what was going to come out of his mouth. I mean, I know he can still sing, obviously, but like, I don't know. Sometimes people's voices fade over time. And like, I haven't heard him sing like full out like that in so long and when he just right off the bat was like he was singing like jc at his peak in a performance in 2000 right away i was like whoa it wasn't even that it was like better even i was like oh my god yeah no watching those clips was i just was so excited at the maturity of his voice not that it wasn't phenomenal throughout the duration of nsync and his solo career but Obviously, a voice in your 20s and early 30s is going to be different than a 45 to 50 year old voice. And I was so excited to hear that it just it made my heart so happy. I mean, as much as what you're saying is true, like I respect his lifestyle and I want him to be happy. And if that means never like almost never singing on on a stage, then that's what it means. And that's fine. But like when he did that, I was like, this is like if Einstein was like hiding E equals MC squared or something. Right. Like, exactly. Like, Newton decided not to work on gravity, you know? I'm like, you just have this. This is just always happening and it's mm-hmm. never okay. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah, oh, I'm trust me, I team JC's happiness always and what he wants, but you know, the selfish fangirl in me is always like, give me more, I want more. Yeah. And when we were there, I mean he just kept trying to say like it wasn't a big deal and stuff. So when he w- was actually going to go and do his songs, I was like, I wonder if it really isn't a big deal. Like maybe he's barely even going to do anything. He'll just like sing a verse here or there or something like that. Because like knowing JC, that is what would happen. Mm-hmm. And because that's what he kept saying to us before the show. He was like, this is about the kids. It's not about me. I just wanted to come to this thing. We don't live that far away. Like that was one of the reasons why he mentioned that he decided to do this. It's he's just like, oh, yeah, it was close to where we live. I'm like, JC, it doesn't matter. Nice try. And I just kept, we just kept saying like, no, like it, I didn't want to make him nervous, but I was like, it is a big deal just because you never sing. And we heard that you were going to sing. So that's why we're here. Like, right. (laughs) But it is a big deal. He's so funny. Like, it's just, I don't know. He just is, he's really like a one of a kind type of person. Right. It's the, it's that humility. And he, I remember he did some rooftop performance in Los Angeles, maybe it's, it's before the star, maybe I want to say seven or eight years ago, and he didn't allow any audio or video. He's like, this is for the people that are here. I'm doing it as a favor for so-and-so. He's like, but I don't want it all over the internet because it's just, it's for the people that are here. And that's the kind of person JC is. So humble. Okay, that, see, I remember hearing about that, but I didn't know he said that. So I actually feel a lot better because even though the majority of people have said to me like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you for sharing. And like, it's so respectful of you to not share the whole clip and everything. Uh, Some people have been like, how dare you even like post anything? And I was like, well, I did ask at the venue. I like, I didn't ask him just because I didn't like, I don't know. I didn't know my own name. So um, right. <laughs> how are you going to string together a very important question about <laughs> content sharing on the internet? Right. But I did ask the woman that we were talking to at the venue and she was just like so cash about it. She was like, I I don't know. She's like, uh, I'll, she was like, I'll get back to you on that one. And she never did. So I'm like, well, obviously, if it was like someone told her like, oh, no, tell them he does not want anything. She would have like. Yeah. It was a very small event, so it would have been very easy for anyone to come over um, to right. me and say, 
put that down, but nobody did. So now that I know he explicitly has said that in the past, it makes me feel a lot better. And I mean, I'm sure that because I was half expecting I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll get an email from management or something, but I never did. So I think he wants people to hear at least at least the clips, you know? Yeah. And I think that was a respectful amount. I think it, it it was it was not a full length thing. And I think it, I think it was great. So I loved it. I I watched it over and over again. <laughs> Aww. I've never gotten so many emotional messages from literally all over the world of people mm-hmm. saying like the most amazing things to me about how grateful they are. And I mean, it was just I felt so wonderful that I could kind of be the catalyst to like yeah. get, get his voice out there because as much as I do respect his privacy, again, it's like it would just be such a shame for people to not know that this happened and like how good these songs are because <sighs> yes, they they are really like I know I have Stan goggles, but like no, they really are amazing songs and he should be so proud. Oh, absolutely. And I think that those are the moments where being a JC fan feels so good because you watch him and you're like, I knew he could do that. Now other people can see it and hear it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So let's get into the album. So yes. (laughs) when JC, I mean, obviously first he came out with Blow Me Up and then there was a long road to have this album come out. What do you remember from around that time? Um, I remember watching a lot of TRL and it was hard because, so I will always like prep, go on the record for saying like, I love Justin. I've seen him in concert. God, like, probably 20 times. So it was confusing growing up being a JC girl with these big Justin tendencies because, you know, obviously (laughs) Jive Records very much supported Justified and didn't quite support Schizophrenic in the same way. So the stories were mostly about Justified. And then a couple years later, you know, this album comes out. I just remember a lot of clips of him in the studio. And most of the clips of him in the studio were with Dallas Austin. So I don't know if you you remember, you know, some of those clips of him. He had a man bun and yes. he was kind of bopping his head and and kind of grooving to the to the music. And that's really what sticks out most to me is like JC's album is going to be coming out soon. JC's album is going to be coming out soon. And I just remember having so many feelings that okay, you know, I still wanted Sync to get back together, but now JC's going solo. So it felt like when JC was going solo, like, okay, well, maybe NSYNC really isn't getting back together because JC, maybe he would have waited for Justin to come back. So I don't know. That was really what I remember is having a lot of feelings and and watching all these clips of him in the studio with different songs with Dallas Austin, which incidentally, he didn't even really, I'm like looking at, you know, my notes. He really actually didn't play as big of a part. I don't think all of Dallas Austin's tunes made the album. I don't honestly like he was barely involved in the songs that finally hit, were on the album. Yeah. I think his influence came more from he was the person that said to JC, "You need Let's to do get an going. album." Yep. Yeah, and I just love that JC was able to receive that praise and actually right. listen to him and even though things were kind of crazy how everything ended up shaking out, at least he did end up getting out uh, this set of songs that I mean you could pull any song off this album and then put it on a different album and build an album around it because every song is so different especially sonically so 
I feel like even though we haven't gotten six JC albums um, or five. <laughs> this is like, like five JC albums all in one. No, exactly. Exactly. And I'm really glad that he had somebody around him that he respected to to listen to like that because I feel like JC is the type of person to be like, no, like it's not yep. that good. And it's like, no, it, it was. So let's just get into the track listing. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of Some Girls Dance With Women? The one thing that always stands out about this song to me is when it first came out back in that day, for those people that weren't around back then that might be kind of new JC pins and are listening, there used to be a website called Promo Squad and they used to drop, do you remember Promo Squad? Mm-hmm. And they would drop like maybe 30 second clips and sometimes the record label would drop them. And I, I very distinctly remember that the first cut of Some Girls That Came Out, JC said... Because the club is full of bitches. And people (laughs) went wild. And they were like, that is not respectful. Like, we know JC is a, you know, is much more of a gentleman than that. And I just remember hearing it from the gate going, wow, okay, this is the way he's going. (laughs) And then obviously it changed because the club is full of women. But I just remember being like, this song is so different from anything that I had heard. But at the same time... It had that signature JC with the layers, the vocal layers. And I think that is one thing that JC does that kind of carries through most of the songs on this album, that vocal layering that he does. Yes. I'll have to look at the credits again, but did he even have any background singers? Because I feel like he just did it all himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was it was pretty much JC. I know and like Build My World, Tony was on it with him. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes Rip Rock and AG drop a couple of, of little right. background vocals with him. But that's one thing that's always been a JC kind of staple is that that vocal layering. He just is like – he's like his own boy band in itself. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder what goes on in his house. I feel like he's just alone in there all day recording just, yeah. albums upon albums that we never get. Yeah, and it's so funny because the very first time that I saw Ed Sheeran in concert, when he, you know, his whole live show is the guitar layering and he has that, you know, the pedal. And and I just remember being like, I wonder if that's what JC does when he's in the studio. If he just records one part and then he plays it back and records another one. Like, I, I just, I think that's one thing that always drew me to Ed Sheeran is it just reminded me of JC in so many ways. So where does some girls rank like on this album do you think it's one of the better songs like would you have chosen it as a single so people have asked me this question before I mean I think for me it's it's probably in my top five it's not my number one I think it was a risk but it was it was a calculated risk because I think it had the elements of a great pop tune and I don't know that the 2003 2004 world was ready for a song about women dancing on other women Yeah, I feel like this song is so underrated, actually. And I feel like the reason is the title because especially today, it's like now everything is so like you can't say anything. But even back then, I think some people were turned off by the title. And I remember, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really young at the time. And I was just like, oh, I was like, I get what he's saying. He like girls dance up on each other at the club. Like that. Why is that? 
that's not really like weird but i think the sound is just like nothing else that was on the radio yep the growth in jc because this is literally just jc and rip rock and alex j there's no other producer there's no other writer so this is literally just the three of them and when you think about the other songs that they did for no strings and celebrity it doesn't even sound a little bit like this it is just a completely new direction and i think as a jc fan you just love to see that to see him trying something new and i think the song is like so hot so good it sounds so fresh i still think it sounds fresh i think oh yeah i do too like it's so ahead of its time right like if he dropped this today i would be like yeah this this is fine like this one of, not even- yeah, no one of the things i always felt about this song later on was that this would have been such a good collaboration with lady gaga like if you had put mm. Lady Gaga on this track with him, kind of that like teasing coming back, I feel like it would have been such a good song. It kind of reminded me of when she did um, Big Girl Now with New Kids on the Block. It sort of had that like flirty vibe of like that back and forth. I felt like putting Gaga on that track would have just been such a cool vibe. I agree. I think also the feature that they have on this, because the song has the version that's just JC and then it has the version with Dirt McGirt, who was old Dirty Bastard. But I feel like I had no idea that Dirt McGirt was old Dirty Bastard. Like, I didn't know that at the time. And I remember being like, who? Like, what? (laughs) Who is Dirt McGirt? Yeah, it's like, you had such a hard time keeping up with people and their nickname changes. I was like, which ideation of P. Diddy were we on in 2004? Same thing. But I remember just being like, actually, I love the Dirt McGirt version. That's the one that I usually, like, blast in my car. I love the rap that goes on with it. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that that brought a new perspective and a new vibe to the song. I think it really elevated it and made it great. Although, you know, JC didn't need it because I think the talent itself stood out. But the Dirt McGirt just it gave it that that fun vibe. Yes, I agree. And I feel like that's the vibe that it needed because there were so many sexual songs on the album and people were mentioning that as kind of like a problem, like it was too sexual. And I feel right. like making it more fun, kind of like – how Britney was back then it's like she would be super sexual but then she would just be like her personality was not she wasn't like taking it so seriously where she was like yes I am this like extremely sexy person then when she would like talk it would be like oh she's just like me she's so like cute and funny and like dorky even and I feel like that is kind of the angle that if they had come at that more because people were just taking it too seriously where they were like well what is he trying to say about women in the club and I'm like nothing (laughs) he's just it's literally just like just having fun yeah (laughs) yeah it wasn't some big statement but I mean it wasn't his highest charting video on TRL and it did not because that was obviously blowing me up but it it did okay like it was getting some traction and I was reading like message boards from back then and everything and people were like yo this song is this song is good like the song is hot and then all of a sudden it just kind of like disappeared from the countdown and never came back and I'm just like that's to me is all the label like why didn't when you saw that happen, why didn't you say, okay, JC, like, we have to get you on more shows and stuff like that, you know? Right. I mean, they they lined up appearances, you know, the Wade Robson Project and things like that, but it, it just never felt like enough. And it, that's always kind of what broke my heart is because that it did just had that moment where it, like, it was this brilliant, you know, this brilliant shooting star that just kind of exploded and then disappeared. Yeah, and I feel like it was – 
really silly that they put him on stuff like Nickelodeon and everything because this does have such adult themes. And if they really, if they're like, okay, we have to differentiate you from Justin, then it's like, okay, put Justin on all those shows for like kids and stuff. Because even though Justified wasn't exactly like an album for kids, it was not anywhere near like this sexual and like this suggestive. So I feel like they could have done a more like VH1 storytellers thing with JC and then put Justin on the shows that were more about like, okay, now let's play a game, you know? Right. It just didn't really go – like, it didn't go with the vibe. Like, when I see him on – even the Ryan Seacrest show, there's, like, all these little girls crying in the audience, and Ryan is like, so, you know, what? why is your album so sexual? And I'm like, this is not working. Right. And I, I always remember that that being, you know, a kind of the conundrum I think that JC ran into is that, you know, Instinct's target audience was maturing, but they, they – didn't necessarily mature that fast. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, it was like this catapult into this album with these, with these themes and these lyrics. And I remember, I mean, I was younger when it came out as well. And I, you know, listening to it, I was like, oh, okay. Like he's expressing himself this way, but not everyone necessarily had that moment of, okay, well, this is how he's choosing to express himself. Right. Exactly. And it, it makes sense that somebody at his age in his experience would be like talking and thinking right. about sex a lot and he's just kind of like being authentic and trying to express that and it's a problem which is so weird because I think we are always for good reason talking about how women get degraded or or called a slut or something like that for expressing their sexuality and like men usually can do whatever but for right. some reason JC was not allowed to do that no. which is so right. weird yeah and he was you know pigeonholed in so many different ways in that time period and it just it it was a little bit it was a little bizarre. It was like one bizarre event after the next around that album. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so the next track is one of my favorites, She Got Me. What do you think about this song? So I love this song. Um, I always remember when JC was talking about this album. He's like, yeah, we have a song about falling in love with an alien. And I was like, you have a song about what? Um, <laughs> like lyrically, this is just so much fun. I love the descriptions that he gives and it's always, it was always a running joke because my, my group of JC friends and I back then, um, one of them had misheard the lyrics at the beginning and thought it was, it's a camel that I have to take, <laughs> not a gamble. And I just, every time I hear the song, I think of my friend Jenna being like, it's a, it's a camel. But I just, <laughs> I think this song is just this pop record that is so much fun. And that I love listening to it. I It always puts me in a good mood. Yes, me too. I didn't know if this was true or not because I know that it is true that Justin and JC wrote a bunch of songs for Michael Jackson and none of them mm -hmm. ended up on Michael's album. I've heard that this was one of them. I've never heard JC say that specifically, but maybe it's just because this sounds so much like Michael Jackson. Yeah. People just kind of made that connection, but yeah. I completely could see this being on Michael's album. I think it's a great single. I think it would have been a phenomenal single for Michael himself. I think it would have been an awesome single for JC. And honestly, I love that JC started with some girls because it was not the safe choice. And it, I mean, it wasn't safe and it, it proved to be not successful really, you know? So I feel like this, like if I had been his label, which I know he was like not listening to the label at all, which again, I love him for, I would have been like, this is obviously the first single. I don't understand like why there's 
any question. To me, this it just has such a forward momentum that is so exciting. And I feel like if it has a simple concept, I mean, you can take it literally that it's like an alien, but I just love like I think the way that he uses uh, words that are related to the galaxy and everything right. to describe love. Like, I think it is so well written and I have felt that way before when you like you're falling in love. Like I think it's a great way to actually describe that feeling. Right. It's it's a just complete otherworldly experience. Yes. I love the like the lyrics, um, she was traveling through space and time. I've been trapped on this world of mine. It's like I just love the um the feeling of like the forward motion of like the gal the stars like moving so fast and like somebody coming into your life who is doing that and moving that fast and you felt like stuck and you felt maybe that you're in a rut or something and then this person comes into your life that's completely not in that place at all and just kind of like carries you and like takes you out into the stratosphere like yeah I just love this song I'm so obsessed with this song and I'm so sad that it was not a single because I think it I think it would have done do I think it would have been like huge and went to number one no but I think it would have been one of those moderate kind of like blowing me up level right songs yeah and I think it was a good just I want to say like a good snapshot into like the fun lyrical playfulness that JC has and a solid pop tune like that Mm -hmm. for me is really what that song is all about yes I agree So now we get one of our more overtly sexual songs here that I think is definitely – I feel like it's coming more into the forefront as a fan favorite. So Mm -hmm. it's 100 Ways. What are your thoughts on 100 Ways? (laughs) This is like one of my – I think this might actually – actually, no. This maybe is number two for my favorite songs on the album. That guitar riff starting the and just that starts and carries through the song I will turn my car radio up to its maximum volume every time this song comes on regardless of where I am there's just something about it that amps me up I adore this song I agree I think it's so good I kind of consider this and all day long I drew about sex to me they're kind of like sister songs sure and I like this one so much more like they're both about the same thing but I feel like he expresses it better in this song totally agreed absolutely I think the the coy and when we get into all day long I dream about sex we could talk about that but I feel like this song is is that coy playful flirtiness I don't want to say it's fun but it is fun at the same time that it's just the way he describes it you know adjusts the button fly and Miley Vies as she walked into the door standing five foot nine with legs high as like it's just so good and this is another song where that vocal layering comes into play Mm mm-hmm There is so much going on sonically in this song. (laughs) And you could listen to this song 75 times in a row and pick out something different every time. Oh, I completely agree. A lot of the songs on this album are like that. Like there are some some of the choices I love and then other choices I'm like, uh, like it kind of feels – have you heard that classic quote? Um, from Coco Chanel where she says like take one take one accessory off before you leave the house right. yep <laughs> it's like that but I think it's again it's fun and if you trace his songwriting with sync, you see him experimenting with different things on songs like Space Cowboy yeah. or The Game Is Over where he's adding in different sounds and it's different from the other stuff on the album and I just love that he's not afraid to play because I feel like as as great as um, 
a lot of the stuff that Justin was doing at this time, it does feel, especially now looking back, it does feel very like every little thing was approved by the team. Right. And it worked. It worked. And it wasn't like he was just doing basic music, like whatever was on the radio. I think what he was doing was quite good. Like even if Justified wasn't my favorite album, I see completely like the vision behind it and the the producers and the cohesiveness of it. Like I think it, it is a good album. But this to me is just like an artist that has, as he said many times, had to compromise because that's what it is being part of a group. And then it was like he was unleashed and he was right. just, okay, let's have some fun. Let's do whatever now. Yeah, and I think that with this song, I think he just got to be himself and have this great time with this song. One of my favorites is the, there's not a whole lot of content from the Schizophrenic Tour just because of the time period. And, you know, we didn't have camera phones at the time, or if we did, they took such grainy little short video clips. But the way he got into this song live is one of the things that's always made it for me. I mean, I think one of my favorite moments as a JC girl was, um, you know, you're so outrageous. I'm so glad that you came. You know, he gets all coy in the live version. He's like, I'm so glad that you came for me. And I just remember being (laughs) like, oh, okay, Mr. Shazé, I I see what you're putting down there. Yes, and he's doing it like surrounded by, I'm not going to say – I don't want. I don't want to say strippers, even though I have nothing against strippers. Like I'm not saying that in a derogatory way when I say that. But like they were removing their clothes, and right. there were not a lot left at the end, which is fine. Like I liked it. I mean, I didn't see it live, unfortunately, but um, I have seen like grainy pictures and videos. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I like this. I think it's I think it's really fun, and I think it would have made a better single than All Day Long. I dream about sex. I agree. I think it would have been. Nothing against All Day Long about sex, but I think it was more palatable for the average listener just because mm-hmm. there was that those different pieces going on and it was easier to digest. And that yeah. is I it is just it is truly one of my favorite songs. I think it it's it's great. Well, I think even just having a title like A Hundred Ways instead of All Day Long I Dream About Sex. First of all, it's long. It's annoying to say. And it's not marketable for a lot of things. Like there's a lot of people that aren't going to want to say that on daytime TV or whatever. Whereas 100 Ways, it's like, well, you don't know what that is until you actually listen to the lyrics and you pay attention to what's going on. So I just feel like I love so much. Like I cannot stress enough. I am totally that person that's like artists should do whatever they want and they should not be reeled in by record labels. But I think that like one thing that would have just been helpful is if he did have someone there to just be like, okay, we want you to do whatever you want and have whatever songs on this album. But when we trot you out to the public, (laughs) we just have to not have a song that has sex in the title, you know? Yeah. And I think that that there was so much going on with JC and the people that represented him during that time. There was changes in Jive Records and in his own personal management. Um, And I think that you know, JC had a lot of creative visions and I think not everyone was all on the same page. And I think that that's just the way life happens. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was there almost needed to be the daytime version and then the JC after dark. And I do want to talk about the producer of this song and then also the previous song, She Got Me and many other songs on the album is Rob Bolt. 
I have tried to find him. Like, I don't know where he is or what he does now, but like, right. I can't, I can't find him. And if anyone out there knows where this man is, can you please let me know? Because I really want to talk to him. But I love his production on every song that he has done on this album. And I think it's a shame he is not bigger in the industry. Right. No, I agree with you. I feel like I just, all the people that worked on this album, I have this just mad respect for because they really had I feel like I mean obviously I wasn't there but I feel like everyone that worked on this album especially those guys had such a good time doing it yes you can very much tell I feel like you can hear it too in JC's voice oh yeah like I can only imagine how I mean I would have killed to be in the studio sessions for this album I mean watching some of the some of the noises that he made for his background I (laughs) would have loved to be there for that I'm sure there's plenty of uh Men and women alike that would have liked to be there for that. Speaking of random noises, for the past two months, I have gone around going, yeah, yeah, all the time. Yes. Also, shout out to the station head, <laughs> yeah, yeah, squad, because I yes. never really picked up on that until I started listening to the song in the station head streaming parties. And now I do the same thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think little things like that make, they can like just make a song so much more memorable. So, Oh, Yeah. All right, so next we have another Rip Rock and Alex G classic, Mercy. Yeah, so Mercy was not one of my favorite songs at the time. I think I feel like I had my like five or six favorites and then the rest of the album, like I would always listen to it from, you know, top to bottom. But for some reason, that one was never a favorite of mine. But now, like looking back on it so many years later, you know, I, I do, I enjoy listening to it. Lyrically, again, like this, the insanity eating at the man in me, like it just, I, he's such a good lyricist and it's, he is. I I do love the work he does with Rip Rock and AG. They, they sample so many different things. Like, you know, the synth on the song is great. It's just, it's another good track. And I, I do think it is more of one of the underrated ones on Schizophrenic. I am totally with you. For years, this was one of the songs that just for whatever reason didn't exactly click with me. Like I would listen to it, but it was never something that I would like, oh, I have to turn on this album now to hear Mercy. Whereas with other songs, I would do that. But this year doing this, I don't know what it was, but on one of the times that I was just letting this album play through, like I have been, I something about this song just stood out to me. And I think it's like, I just love how desperate he sounds, like the urgency in his tone. Like, it's, I don't think this album is about one woman or anything like that. But whoever this one is about, like whoever he was thinking about when he did this one, that person was really- no joke. Yeah. Yeah. That person tested him. You know, JC's like a very calm, thoughtful, like chill dude. And this song is just like- It has an urgency in it that yes. doesn't always fit with that like chill JC that we know. Yes. I'm like, girl, he was really sprung on you. I don't know exactly. how you messed it up, but <laughs> he just has so many different ways to say the same thing, which I it's almost like an exercise on how to say like, okay, I'm completely obsessed with this person. It's like if it's like if in elementary school they were like, okay, how many different ways can you come up with to right. describe this feeling? And then let, mix like those lyrics with the harmony, which I think is just Yeah, this so one is good. a definite a chef's kiss on the the vocalizations. Oh my God. So good. This song and a hundred ways too, I feel like is is like it sounds like the Prince tribute album, which is a compliment. Mm-hmm. 
It's just so good. And I love when he says bloodshot eyes that I'm so wasted. Why do I fight when I can't make it? That Because that's, yep. <laughs> that's me when I'm not partying. Like I'm always trying to just like stay up later and uh, read more articles about JC for this damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's my problem. We won't get into that. Um, so next we have, again, we have a complete shift in a different direction with Build My World. So what are your thoughts on this one? So this is my favorite song on the album. And I feel like whenever I talk about schizophrenic and, you know, like we have a dialogue about it, this is the song that usually comes up. This one and Dear Goodbye are usually the ones that pop up as like, this was my favorite back in the day. This is my favorite now. I mean, a lot of people will also come to me often comes up too. We'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But Mm -hmm. Build My World is such a special song. I think number one, my little MMC heartstrings kind of were tugged at because he brought, you know, his bestie, Tony Luca to write this song with him. And I feel like that always made it a little bit even more special to me that, you know, he's so loyal to his, his upbringing and his buds to, you know, bring Tony in because they, they did work so well together on MMC and the things that they probably did immediately after. I feel like with this song for me, it's so vulnerable and authentic. And I think that's one thing I love about it. I mean, when haven't you felt like coming out of a relationship or, or whatever it is that, you know, it's the morning after, you know, my favorite line from that, actually the whole album is, did I fall in love or did I find disaster? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's so good. Like we've, it's that experience of, of being there. Like I'm, you know, waiting for someone to come that I can build my world around. And I think that's one of the things that makes this song so good because it's so deeply relatable. Yes. It's so relatable. Cause I feel the same way. Like, I mean, to get personal, I guess I'm so busy and I have such a full life and I have so much going on and I'm single and I have been for a while. And I loved being in a relationship when I was in one and I want that. Um, like I want to settle down and have kids and stuff, but I'm just like, how like how does somebody fit into my life right now? And yeah. then I think, well, the right person, I would well, build my world around because yeah. they're worth that for me. Whereas I'm not just going to like date anyone and like no shade to people that get out there. And like, you know, I, I have friends that are like, oh, my God, I went been on, you know, 12 dates this year. And I'm like, oh, OK, can't relate. Um, But good for right. you. I, but I'm very much like it has to be somebody really special. And I feel like yep. when I was doing research, there were so many quotes from JC about that, like how he j- like only wants to find someone that is like a very, very special person. And he doesn't really like not really interested in messing around. And anytime they would ask him like, who's your celebrity crush or like what type of girl are you into? He would just be like, I don't know. I don't I'm not into celebrities. I just like people that are honest and you know, like someone that right. really vibes with me specifically. And I feel the same way. And I feel like he's just so good at describing that in this song. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the other things that there's the song and then you get to the bridge of this song. And to me, the magic is in the bridge. I just, you know, it's amazing how we fear what maybe it's from ourselves. We so often run Abandon mm-hmm. truth and consequence of heartbreak. Like, ex- like who are you? like? Obviously, I know who he is, but it's like, who are you to be coming out with these poignant lyrics that are just so good? You know, we have to crawl before we learn to fly. It's like, man, yeah. it's just so good. It really is, and 
this is one of the one of the times after I had seen that show in Ojai, I was listening to this song and I was literally just like laying in my bed, like just thinking about what he was saying and everything. And I was like, this, this song belongs in a musical. I was like, the way that he describes everything is very much the way that somebody describes something in a musical when they're trying to like further the plot along. Exactly. Like you were saying the opening lines, clear my eyes, it's the morning after. Did I fall in love or did I find disaster? Take a second just to breathe. I pick my heart up off my sleeve. There she goes and I know she knows. Like that would be in a a scene in a musical where like, you know. It's advancing from one plot point to another. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I didn't even like put that together. I was like, his musicals are going to be so good. He's been doing this forever (laughs) yeah I could yeah I am very much this is you know I adore this song I think it is just so well done definitely one of his best songs ever and we uh, it's gotten paid dust I can't believe it didn't get a music video because again it's like you can see the video in your head very easily because his his lyrics are so clear (laughs) right you literally could just do storyboards for a video based on the lyrics of this song and I mean his performance of it when he did it in 04 was great. That's when he came out with a cute little haircut. And I was like, oh, look at you. Um, and I'm sad <laughs> we really didn't get to hear it again after that because he always, you know, always did this song justice. And those vocals are just, they're just phenomenal. So good. And did isn't this the one he performed on the uh, Miss USA or mm-hmm. one of those pageants? Oh. Yep, that's the one. So good. If you guys haven't seen that performance, please go look it up. It is on YouTube. Yeah, that's definitely a t- it's a top tier JC performance. Oh my god, I love it. I wish we got more of these ballad performances at the time. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a I'm a sucker for a JC Chazé ballad. Like that's that's it. That's that's usually where I I swoon and melt and I could can't say enough good things about them. So, yeah. this song is this song is no exception. Yeah. So next we have, again, completely different from the previous, (laughs) Something Special. This is another Rob Bolt produced song, as was the previous. What are your thoughts on this one? I love this song. I think it's so fun. I love, too, that it got picked up by ABC to be on the promos for Grey's Anatomy and for the other Thursday night block that they had. I'm happy other people got to hear it. Um, My favorite part of the song is that JC is credited for like whistles and hand claps and stomps. Um, (laughs) That is just so on brand for him. (laughs) Yeah, he's got it covered. He doesn't need anyone. (laughs) Right. It's so funny because I think when... um, the clues were coming out about um, Better Place and they were starting to talk about like whistling being in the songs, like as it was starting to come out, we were hearing those whistles in the trailers. I remember being like, I wonder if he's like, he was credited for hand claps and stomps and whistles on his album. Like maybe he's whistling, but turns out it was not JC whistling, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know what they were thinking when they had JC right there, but. Exactly. Chief Whistler. But I think. (laughs) The, the another thing that I really do, I, I love the beat and the fun of the song. It's another type of love song. He, yes. you know, has these great ballads, but then he comes out with something special. And like he's telling his girl, you know, these are the qualities that I, I like about you. But this is a fun way for me to show it. Mm-hmm. And it's still sexy, but it's like it, it makes sense that this is the one that they would pick for Grey's Anatomy because it's like a little sanitized, but he still has his unique flair to it at the same yeah. time. Like it, it doesn't sound plastic, if that makes sense. It still sounds organic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think I remember it being, no pun intended, something very special to turn on the TV and, you know, hear the whistles and the and the background, you know, music for it. Because, you know, it was some, it was a proud moment as a fangirl for like other people to get to hear it. Yes, I totally agree. Next, we have If You Were My Girl, completely different. Yes. Is it girl, baby, baby, or baby, baby, girl? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Every time I was dying at, at the bro zone quotes in there. But yeah, so you're right. We do go in a different direction with this one. This song is very sexy. I actually find this song to be like on caliber with the sexiness is like 100 ways or all day long I dream about sex because it has that raw sexuality to it. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, this is so embarrassing. I mean, he doesn't, I you know he doesn't remember, but so you know how JC is often lately looking at Instagram and everyone will post, oh, JC looked at my story. JC looked at my yep. story. So JC does not often look at my stories. I don't care. I don't need him to like hear my podcast. I just whatever. So one day on my personal Instagram, I was just in some type of mood and I was listening to the song and um, I shared that I was listening to it and I just put tell me more and then I tagged him and like that was the one that he decided <laughs> to see when I was like flirting and I was like oh my god I Oops. look like such a I was like oh hey because I've tagged him in other things where I'm like oh I really hope he sees this one because like I think he would get a kick out of this or whatever and I'm like oh my gosh that I'm of just... course is not the one that he sees it's, <laughs> it's that one yeah I know <laughs> But I love this song. I mean, it, it like you're saying, it's very sexy. I love the I love how I love the flirtiness of it and I love that now we're going into the rock section of the album, I guess. Yeah. I love that. To me this is very I feel like he's almost doing like a Steven Tyler but a little less intense, but I also really hear even though this is way before, I hear Adam Lambert kind of on this. Um, I feel like this song could have fit really well on yeah. Adam's debut album as well. Yeah, it sort of – it has that glam rock. It has like that – I don't want to call it like a hair, like 80s, like a an in excess type of like 80s hairband vibe. But it's got that glam rock feel to it. And his voice is just like – he would have been so good in Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh. I this song also, you know, the the gonna make her say yeah, and and then the the well, we you, you know what I'm getting at the end of the song with his little mm-hmm. the little build up that he's got there. It's you know I can't say enough like good things about it. I think that every piece of this song, it's it's just a good like from start to finish the way it builds and crescendos. I think it's it's just great. Yeah, and I think he has a way of like expressing things that all men and all people like, think about in a sexual context, but the way that he expresses it, it doesn't sound sleazy at all. It's like No, it's it's this beautiful art that he has and it's amazing yes. to me. Yes, and it's I mean, I say this all the time because I really don't understand the censorship and I know in other countries People are a little bit looser with sexual concepts, especially when it comes to musicians and artists. And it's just so weird to me that like this thing that it's not just a thing that everybody does because we want to do it. Our bodies are literally hardwired to like be attracted to each other so we can further the human race. Like we right. can't even help it. Right. But, but if you talk about it, then you're being like 
too much. You're be like, oh, tone it down. That's too sexy. It's like, right. why? I don't. I just never, that's never made sense to me. And I think especially if you are doing it in an artful way, which who's to say what that really means, maybe. Right. Art is such a loose term. Exactly. But I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this song is a great way to like go there, but it's still not like, to me, it's not too much. I know some people feel otherwise, but whatever. Those people are not in the room, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yes, we're, we're, we're both here for it. Yes, yes. So now we have the only song that JC did not write, but it was uh, still, he was still very involved with a collaboration with uh, Basement Jacks. And they're, they're uh, from the UK and they are, I mean, God, how would you describe this song? It's like electronica and rock and I don't know. Like, what What do you think of this song? There's so much going on here. <laughs> yeah, this was never my favorite. And I always loved the the work JC did with Basement Jack. You know, I think Plug It In is a great song. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's so much going on in the song that I always had a hard time just kind of following the whole thing. It's f- super fun. Actually, I'm going to go back and just say I love and hate some of the vocalizations in this song. Like when he gets into the like part, like it feels like obnoxious at times, but it Mm -hmm. works. Like Mm -hmm. it's almost like a taunting in it. And I'm not saying it's a JC's obnoxious or the song is obnoxious, but it's like that, that one like piece that he puts in it. It's like almost grating to me. And I know that that's the way that, you know, basement Jack's kind of has that electronica, so for me, that like always kind of ruined the song, but like in terms of like lyrically and everything, I think it's it's another like sexy song to appreciate, you know, the person that you're with. And I think that is one of the things that, you know, ties this in with some of the other songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just another way to express the same things that he's been expressing. It just sounds different. different. It's almost yeah. like a... Again, it's almost like another exercise. Like how many how many different ways can you describe this and how many different sounds can you use <laughs> to express right. it as well? Right. Uh, how the, many different ways can you tell your woman that she turns you on? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like I think that, you know, I mean with JC, you probably would never get tired of hearing it, but. No, not at all. <laughs> but I think the lyrics are just like very simple and not really as important as the sound like there's just right. so much going on sonically that I feel like the lyrics are just kind of there to like further I further along the rest of the musicality of the song right right like if there's any lyrics that like he could be credited for not writing like it's fine that he didn't write these because these are not right. exactly Shake like it do it give me you know <laughs> it, I think right you can tell but that's also another to JC's artistry that all the other songs on the album, while they may be, some of them may be tongue in cheek, you can tell JC took the care to string the story together. I feel like that's the thing that's missing from this song yeah. to me. I agree. Yeah. This has always been one of my, um, like one of my lower ones on the list of this, but I feel like if I'm in the right mood, this is like, I'm I'm like all about this. I'm, yeah. you know. It's very um to me it's very kind of like Janet Jackson in the 90s like her a rhythm nation type yeah. yeah even even Britney Spears I could see if they had given her this song I could have totally seen this song being sure 
you know, bigger with like full choreography and everything like that. But yeah, now we uh, move on to the ill-fated single, (laughs) (laughs) All Day Long I Dream About Sex. So where does this stand for you in this track listing? Like, is it one of the better ones or not so much? You know, for me, this song kind of falls like right in the middle, like middle to lower. I I like it. There's nothing wrong with this song. It's not always my cup of tea. I think it's very long. And I know that that's like kind of that whole tongue in cheek electronica anthem. And I mean, JC even said in interviews in the time period, he wrote this song that was like this overt kind of party anthem about sex that was in your face. And Mm -hmm. I think what ended up backfiring for him is not everybody understood that concept. Yeah. And I feel like the sound of it, like, yes, the concept and the lyrics represents the album well, but the sound of it just does not represent the album well. Like, if you are one of the people that did love this song. Like, say you're just a random person, didn't even really listen to Instinct that much or whatever, but you hear this on the radio and you're like, oh, I love that. And then you right. go buy Schizophrenic, you're not getting this, you no, know? No, you're not getting that that anthem piece that it has. Like, it's got that real, you know, that real kind of that banger. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, I think, you know, on the whole, it's, it's a solid song, it just, for me, it was never my favorite. I think JC had a blast singing it. You know, the mm-hmm. times that I saw videos of him performing it, I think it was that kind of fun anthem. But then at the same time, I'm, I often wonder, like when he says, you know, I just kind of wrote this in your face anthem and now boom, it's here and, and, and the record label's making it a single. Oops. Yeah, I just don't think it should have been a single. I I get where they were going with it, but I just don't. I just ultimately think it was a mistake to have it as a single when there are so many other songs that like they have more elements that represent who he is. Like I think my least favorite thing about this song is that basically anyone could sing it. You don't need to have JC's voice to sing it. So it's like there's he's not really showing off his best skills. Incredible vocals. Yeah. And I feel like he needed to do that to establish himself as a solo artist because as – I mean, you would have had to be deaf to not, like, notice it within Instinct, But still, like, as we've all said many times, all of the Justice for JC people are like, the focus was on Justin. So it's like – I just feel like this wasn't him putting his best foot forward for the public and it was just more like, hey, here's this fun thing I tried. And for us fans, it was like, oh, cool, like, another type of sound on the album, another – version of JC but I feel like if you didn't know who JC was and you just like listened to some girls and you were into that and then this was a second single for me at the time I was just like oh I like the vibe so much more on the first single this is like I'm like who is this you know right right and I mean it's it was a risk that the label took and I mean, it definitely had Rip Rock and AG vibes to it. There was a lot going on. You know, you had the synth keyboard. You had that, you know, had that whole synthy interlude in the middle of the song. Yes, I, that's me, my favorite part. It is. It's It's got that whole vibe. And then, you know, you kind of go into that counter melody that goes with the synth. And I mean, it that to me is like, those are the hallmark JC and Alex G, you know, and Rip Rock type you know, type of vibe that he had. So, I mean, that signature piece was there, but you wouldn't know that unless you were a person who was really had followed their, you know, song producing and writing career over the years. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, I feel like the placement on the album, too, it's just, like... It's, like, smack in the middle of the album. It doesn't go. Like, it's... And I just feel like it's kind of like, okay, we get it. Like, you want to have sex constantly. I understand <laughs> this by now. Like, I got it. We got it. <laughs> like, we, we got it in track three, and we got it in track six. We got it in seven. We got it in eight. Now we really got it in nine. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to make fun of him, but I just, like, kind of picture them in the studio together being like you know what we should try we should do like a sexual song and like it not occurring to them that like that's they've been doing that this whole time and like you're good but it's fine I you know I don't I don't mind it as a concept but I just um think that for a single it just was like if they're trying to because the thing is again like I'm so I'm so happy that he got to have artistic freedom but like for marketing and stuff I just feel like he had to at least do one song that was like hey it's that guy from NSYNC you know right. like remember him he hasn't you right. haven't seen him that remember much lately remember the guy with the golden voice from NSYNC like you 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 used to like the way he sang and I think and it was <laughs> interesting too because this song you know they chose to put out after the Super Bowl incident and him getting scrapped from the Pro Bowl and this this time period of censorship that was going on of these artists, like there was almost that like knee jerk reaction. So I to me, it was always baffling that that was where, you know, the record label kind of chose to go with him. But yes, I mean, it it's no sense. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I it's a, it's still a bop to this day. I'll still, you know, when it comes on on my, you know, phone or when I'm streaming it on Station Head, I'll I'll bop along to it. But it's definitely not a track that I, I seek out on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So now we have a very unique song called One Night Stand, which was inspired by the ladies, ladies man. man. <laughs> like, I love that every time JC has, there's always a story. And that's one thing I love about him. Yeah. The man wears his heart on his sleeve. And he's like, I wrote this song because of the movie The Ladies Man. And I thought it would be fun to have a song about it. Yes, he loves a high concept. Like if, I feel like if someone just gave him a concept, he could write any Oh, yeah. He could write an album in 30 minutes. Like, he would yep. be fine. And it would be uh, incredible. I don't know how you feel, but, like, there are so many songs on this album that people will say, oh, this is cringe or that's cringe. And I'm like, it's not, actually. But this song, I do feel, is is kind of cringe because of the, the conversations that are going on. <laughs> and the hey, sweet thing. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not just a conversation. It's, like, this exaggerated, like, he doesn't speak like that. And it's and he's obviously trying to be funny. He's trying to be, like, Tim Meadows. But I feel like without that context, if you just listen to this, you're like, what? Who are you? Yeah, yeah. and it's – I've always found this song to be just fun. Like, I listen to it and it makes me laugh. Like – it's just it's a track on the album that you know it puts me in a good mood because of the campiness of those little spoken interludes like Mm -hmm. oh yeah i know you know and then the sound effects in it too you know definitely give me a little bit of a giggle but it's it's another one of those songs on the album where i'm like i know what you were going for i know the the concept of you know the ladies man was your thing but you know not everyone has these backstories so no no and just the i just like who who was that girl that they had go in there and just literally like moan into the mic because he doesn't I, make as much noise no 
So, I mean, I can just imagine, like, getting a call from Jive Records and being like, <laughs> we need you on this J.C. Chazé track. Uh, Rip Rock and A.G. need you with J.C. Like, oh, hey, what am I doing? Well, you need to moan. <laughs> yeah, pretend you're having sex and just moan. Like, how yeah. awkward is it's that? It's great. Yeah, it's – um. I always laugh when that part comes on. Right. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna sample a classic Donna Summer song, right, use it and make it you know make it really good. And even the fact that he drops the "I love it when we're cruising together" like that was cute too because that song had come out when you know that obviously you know it was an older song. But then, um, not Gwyneth Paltrow was it Gwyneth Paltrow? Did it? It was in like duets or stages or something, and that, that song it like resurfaced itself. Yeah, that sample is from Donna Summers. It's literally called "I Feel." I feel love. love. Yeah, yeah. I I love that, and I love the samples that he uses. We could just go into the next song. Yes. Yeah, speaking which, of samples, oh, to me, this is such an amazing. This is like a masterpiece to me. This song, and yeah, I did on my Twitter earlier today. I was like asking what's your favorite song from schizophrenic and i was so happy to see that so many people said this and that it's it's become such a favorite in the fandom so yeah it's so interesting because when i host and dj on station head this song comes up in the requests every single time and it sort of led to a whole you know some of the other great djs on the station will you know, have, you know, they call it JC after dark or Joshton after dark. And this song is always part of it. And at the time, like I've always loved this song, even, you know, as a, as a teenager who was like 16 years old, like this song, everything about it is just so good. So this is another JC and Rob Bolt, like genius production obviously with the sample of sunglasses at night by Corey hart some people don't love that song so they don't love the beat of this song but man it is just so good yes i could not disagree more with anyone who says that (laughs) like right i'm always like okay if you don't like the beat of Corey hart whatever but just listen to the lyrics like and you know People were asking JC, like they didn't think he was going to talk about it. And he's like, no, he goes, this song is a real part of being in a relationship and being attracted to someone and not being able to be there with them. It is completely Mm -hmm. like it is spoken to that experience of not being able to be with the person that you have said in the last uh, 11 tracks or 10 (laughs) tracks of the album that you're really into. And he was not afraid to say, yeah, I do say I lie awake and masturbate because that's what happens. And I loved listening to him say that in his interviews. Oh, my gosh. I was so scandalized when this album came out because I was like, oh, he's just like saying it. Right. I mean, it was like real overt. Like, I mean, you had, you know, like Britney had come out with Breathe On Me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had some of those tracks like that. But this one was just like point blank. Boom. This is what I'm doing. But the thing is, it wasn't in a, you know, when he said it, like, I mean, he literally just he used the just write out word for it. Yes. But it worked. The rest of the song is what's so beautifully crafted. I mean, the way he uses his words to describe the longing 
and wanting someone that bad and having that experience to me, oh man, like that's what sets this song apart for me. Yes. And I know that rock and roll purists will hate me for saying this, but honestly, like this song and a few of the other songs that we've already talked about, the way that he strings words together to describe so many different like sexual scenarios, it's almost like Bob Dylan-esque to me. How you can hear so many different Bob Dylan songs and he's saying like a lot of the same things, but he finds a way to like just so geniusly that's not String a word it together but, but yeah like it's like I can't imagine like I've felt all of these things but I would just never think of saying it that way and to even like you're saying to use the actual word masturbate whereas again with Britney she has that song touch of my hand where yep. any adult knows that's what it's about but she never says that right uh, the, because- the more I come to find the touch of my hand of course Right. Like there's a way to say it that is more, I guess, palatable to the ear. Like masturbate is not the um, prettiest word. It's not a a (laughs) melodic word. We'll put it that way. No. But when he says that, especially because I feel like it's kind of earned, like he builds up to it. I also feel like when men masturbating is in media, it's like often portrayed as a joke or like, oh, they're so desperate. They just have to like, you know, jerk off constantly and Mm -hmm. you know that they're always doing that and whatever and this is like he's not saying coming from a place of like this is not an all day I dream about sex type of song like he's coming from a place of like I I like want this person so bad and I can't be with them so like I'm I'm like desperate and so like I'm just gonna do this to myself so I can like feel like I'm close to them when I'm really not and that's such an intimate thing that no one talks about and he's just like again no innuendo he's just like yeah I lie awake and masturbate period and but the thing is it's like you get that line but leading up to it Mm -hmm. is where it's just like you know conversation hotter than a fireman engulfed sweeping through my body causing it's just so good I know. I was going to say that exact line, too. I love that line. That's one of my favorite lines. It's so good. JC, if you're listening, we're not afraid of this frank dialogue that you have going with yourself. Like, feel free to do more of it. It's fine. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. This song is definitely, definitely top three for me. Oh, me too. Me too. So, and then we have... Dear Goodbye, which is another fan favorite and a and a ballad. Yeah, it's so funny that I've always it, it, you come off of Shake It All Day Long I Dream About Sex and One Night Stand and then Come to Me and then you're just socked in the face with this ballad. <laughs> so this is another JC and Rob Bolt um genius production. Yes. This song is I have always loved this song tremendously. It just is so emotional. One of my favorite performances is the AOL sessions that JC does with this one because you just can feel mm-hmm. the emotion in it. And it's just the it's another example of the simple kind of rock guitar built in there you know you've got the strings and the album version obviously you didn't have them in the AOL sessions and just the lyrics like how beautiful like girl we used to be so beautiful like just that 
you know, you're out of a relationship and I'm remembering these moments and as the days go by, things get better, you know, and then after this album comes out, you know, one of JC's good friends passes away who was involved with this album. So it's like that then became a whole nother post of emotions. Right. I have to, again, stress that performance that you mentioned is one of his best performances of all time, I think. Agreed. Uh, from Sessions at AOL, the way that this song builds and the control in his vocals, I think is so impressive because he really, he starts out so quiet and like lets it build and build and build. And then when he gets to the the highest point of the belt, it's just so powerful and again, feels so earned. And if you're comparing this with Build My World, like they're just such different songs and I feel like in Build My World, he is, he's kind of like, yeah, I've been through some stuff, but I still have hope. Like, I am going to find this right person. And this song is like, he found her and he lost her. And now he's just like, I don't even, like, what happened? Like, I thought, I thought I found that person. Like, how, how, how did this happen to us? You know, it's like devastating. It really is. I mean, just everything. Like, you brought out the best and worst in me. You gave your all in selfishly. I mean, it's it's beautiful. And then, you know, the way the song ends when he's like, I know that, you know, we're not the type to just give up, but I know that this is what's best for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll pass some crossroads surviving on our own. You know, it sort of has that finality piece to it. That, like, yes. you come to that can you come to that realization that this person may have been your world and what you had was beautiful but you know we are going to exist outside of the two of us yes it's very adult it's like when you get to that point where you realize like oh just being like super passionately in love is not enough to right. hold a relationship together forever and i the repetition of the days go by i feel like it's just so it's like what it's it's like to be a, a heartbroken adult. It's like you still have to pay the bills and like live and and you're just right. you're devastated the whole time and like no one maybe your fr- friends know or whatever but like you're out in the world doing your thing and like the days go by and it yeah. sucks but yeah. What can you do? You have to just keep going, you know. Right, and you kind of have to just keep repeating to yourself that these things are happening to you but the days go by and things things get better. Mhm. Oh, yeah, it's, so it's a good. it's such a good song. I this is this is one of the songs that I will if someone asks me about JC, I feel like I always have that little like, you know, pin on like someone who works at Walmart, like ask me about JC Chazé. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> that's I often do feel like that. This is one of the songs I will point them to because I think it shows off his vocals so beautifully. I'll often mm-hmm. send them the AOL session and I'm like, if you want to hear what like a real you know, what his chops are. Like, this is this is one of those songs. Yeah, and I think it was very foolish because I know this was – the thing is, I'm confused because I Dear Goodbye was supposed to be the single ballad, but then also Build My World was supposed to be the single ballad. And I guess they were going back and forth, and then they just decided neither of them <laughs> um, because of the sales. But, like, I think that they were really foolish to not release at least one just because of – what a powerhouse he is vocally and how in sync was somewhat known for things like this i promise you and gone and god must have spent and everything so i just feel like 
okay, yes, I get it. The first two singles weren't successful and you've put like a little bit of money out, but like why don't you just really give it like one more like right, here's that push the commercial of what song. people know. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it's just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So next we get into a, again just completely different song. <laughs> and now for Every- something completely different. <laughs> exactly. Everything you want. So this is like reggae. And you can tell that growing up, JC's one of JC's favorite artists was Sting. Like that, when you hear this song, that's really that vibe that I've always gotten from this song. Yeah. This album, if you had to, you know, pick out the influences, I feel like Prince and Sting. Yep. Those are the two big ones. Absolutely. And yeah, I guess it's an interesting concept to build a song around, like the fact that you can't get everything that you want. It's, you know, like the Rolling Stones. I was going to say the, the, ro- most, the like, Rolling Stones did it. And they I did feel the like most iconic version. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably kind of the avenue that they ended up taking with this. Like, you know, you get what you need. The Rolling Stones said, and, you know, JC, you know, I feel like this is another example of JC really writing a a a solid song you know he says you can have everything and you know you're still gonna want more Mm -hmm. so for me like this has never really been my favorite song i especially because it's sandwiched between two incredible ballads by the way that i feel like for me this was always kind of an okay let's go from dear goodbye i want to be in my feels a little more so i'm going to lose myself i'll listen to a little bit of everything you want but it's it's another song that kind of grew on me as i as I got older, like as a teenager, I was like, yeah, it's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. I think, I think it's got a, a great message. I think you can really feel the sting vibes in it. And it's, it's another rip rock and AG song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were just like, let's try it all. Why not? We have, we, we have this album to complete. Let's just throw up another different sound. Maybe for, maybe for people that are not into these ballads or are not into this like rock sound or whatever. And I just, I love that he had the freedom to do this. And this is one of the songs where his vocal layering of his own backup is so good on the chorus. That's one thing that kept me listening to this song. Yes. Please go listen to this right now if you're like, I don't really remember that one because I would always forget about this song. There's so many, like this song, this album is so long. There's so many different sounds and everything. It's just like too much for your brain at once, I feel like. And I would always forget about this. And then when I would play it, I would be like, oh my God, I always forget how good this chorus is. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you say that because so every song on this album is, is, I don't think I'm just looking at the track listing. Aside from the last song, not, well, not including Blowing Me Up, there's no song that's less than three minutes and if you think about the world we live in now think about the Jonas Brothers last album so many of those songs were like two minutes two and Mm -hmm. a half minutes you know JC JC was always an artist who put out a solid three to really six minute song if you're looking at all day long I dream about sex Mm -hmm. so I mean this song is another one that has that big build-up and those vocal layerings are are just so good in it yes I agree and I love the lyrics uh, slow down and look around you. The simple pleasures will astound you. Release the burden that you're bound to. Oh, he's so good. 
Right, exactly. And then uh, you go from those poignant lyrics to, don't you want it, want it, want the money, money. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? It sounds good. I get it. But my actual favorite lyric from that one is when he says, um, self-absorbed, I've become the killer, restless heart, you know, what's love and who needs it anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just such a good, you know, such a good lyric. That's the defeatist side of Mr. Shazay. Exactly. He, he, <laughs> he had just spent 12 tracks talking about all the other things. And now he's now he's looking inside and getting serious. Yes. So now we have my favorite song on the album. This is my number one. Come to me is my number two. And she got me is my number three. But this one. Great oh, choices. my goodness. So we've got oh another JC God. and Rob Bolt production. Why don't these people – I want him to, like, literally live in a house with Rob Bolt and l- never leave until they come out with another album. <laughs> right? Exactly. Of, of bangers like this one. Yes. So Lose Myself, I Will Die on This Hill should have been a single. Absolutely. This is and, – and I maybe I understand why it wasn't marketed as a single for, like – it's. I feel like this could have been on an NSYNC album because mm-hmm. it was – it's just such – a sweet ballad and it's it really I feel like to me it it, it encapsulates that experience of falling in love with someone so in well such a beautiful way you know she loves daffodils she keeps them on her windowsill when the wind blows you know her smell fills the room she dreams in color but does she know that I love her I'm swimming in my abyss of insecure blue like right there you know, you meet this person and you know all these things that you're learning about them and you're falling in love with them. But there is that abyss of insecure blue where you're like, you know, is this per- I'm I'm I am losing myself in this person. Mm-hmm. Are they there with me or are they just kind of like, yeah, you know, he's cute, but whatever. Right, right. It's just amazing to hear him be so vulnerable. And I mean, yep. to him to hear him go as far as to say, do I even exist? It's like, yeah. You are JC. <laughs> there right. is not. I mean, I know that everyone has been there, but is there a woman on the planet that would ever be like, you don't even exist? I mean, I can't imagine it, but he's a person like all of us, but it's just, yeah, it, you I don't know, know what? If she is out there, I'm sure she is. Good on you for doing you, girl, but, you know, let those of us who want a piece of it have it. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I don't I, that is baffling but anyway yeah, this song was always you know I dance on velvet skies with just the thought of one kiss like being in that place where you have that you know fantasy like you haven't you know you haven't had that contact yet but you know it's going to be incredible when it happens yeah you, this is like when you're really like you are in deep you're just there's no turning back you're like up all night crying. There's nothing you can do. Like you don't want to force it, but you also are like, wait, should I say? Should I? Should I? Yeah. Like call them or? Uh, yep. No, no, no. Like it's, uh, and it's just it's so funny to know like that he's been there because this type of how raw his lyrics are. Like you cannot fake this. Like this definitely happened to him. You know? Oh yeah. Even just the um like the juxtaposition of knocked unconscious walking on water like that feeling of uh, like I'm so in love I could do anything like I feel like I, I could, could do walk anything on water. Yep. but at the same time like knocked unconscious like 
I'm 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 such an idiot. I can't I'm even think. I'm so unsure what to do around you. What what's happening? What do I do with myself? It's so embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah. And tra- yeah, we've all been there for yes. sure. Yes. It's one of those things. It's like heartbreak is just so – it's like we've all been through it and when we're going through it individually, it feels like the end of the world and the biggest deal. But to everybody else, it's just like, come on. Like you got to get yourself together. Like this is – it's not good the way you're acting about this girl or, or, or guy or them. But it's like I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have that that feeling. And JC does such a good job of of summing it all up. Yes, it's just, oh my God, my life is yours. Just open up the door. Door is open. Exactly. Honey, it's a sliding glass door. It's a revolving door. Just come in whenever you want. Literally, and just do whatever you want. I'm I'm here. My door is open. I have a guest room. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Come on over (laughs) and I will hype you up like however you want. Yes, exactly. So then we have another song, which just kind of feels like tacked onto the end here. Like, I feel like this maybe should have been a bonus track because I love it, but it's just like the album is so long. And then I just feel like Lose Myself would have been a perfect closer. Yeah. I don't know if maybe we wanted to end this, end it on a a slightly more upbeat note, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But what do you think of Right Here By Your Side? I actually really love this song. Um, I think I, this is another one. Like, it kind of goes with Lose Myself in a way to me. Like, when you just want to be with someone and you know you've got these feelings for them, I think the sexiest part of it, you know, pull you close to me, you feel so nice, we'll stay up sipping on red, red wine, the red stains on your lips, my baby, I'll clean it off with my leg. To me, that's always, like, that is just the hottest thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember one time just being like, um, you know, I had some red wine, like it's, it's kind of staining on my lips. So, you know, like I, I literally, you know, what? I'm not even going to go into that story, but um, I, can, I can like finish the story in my own mind. And <laughs> I like, you know, you probably were just disappointed. You're like, don't you get where I'm going? Like, are you like, I was you're JC. not you're not JC Shazay. <laughs> I know. That's not really a fair barometer to judge our no. people that we choose to date on, though. No, it's okay. Yeah, this is another – it was just JC, Alex Greggs, uh, and Brad Damon. And, I mean, again, like, they just decided to do something completely different. It's like they were not in a zone of one thing at all. They were not trying to do any type of no. concept album or any – like, it was just whatever we feel like doing that day. And it's funny because I can – I'm so on JC's side with this, but I'm I'm right here by his side. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the label probably did have a point in some way because they, they were probably like, wait, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like every day it's something new, you know? Right. Um, but it's cute. I think this is just like a nice song. Like I don't think this is like – groundbreaking or anything like that but I love the acoustic guitar yep. I it's you know it's a nice little break from some of the more synthy electronica stuff right. and it it reminds me of like an indie artist that you would go see in like a bar in New York City that would just be playing on the side or something like that and I love that type of music and I feel like it's funny because maybe in some way that's what JC would have almost preferred to be you know sure yeah, yeah. you know I, I often stop and think like would JC have been content being 
where Tony Luca is. Tony is an incredible artist and mm-hmm. he really plays those theaters that he plays so incredibly and he connects with his fans and he knows the core group by name. And when he performs, you know, in a, I saw him several times in Boston when I was in college, you know, at these great little rock clubs around the city. Mm-hmm. And it's just that intimate experience of sharing your music with people that you know love it. Yes. He's phenomenally so. talented. And uh, speaking of JC bringing in people and lifting up his friends, that appearance that he did on Wayne Brady, where he basically just like, it was his appearance, but he totally made it about Tony Luca. 100% about Tony Luca. And that is reason number 555 million that JC is my favorite because he knows that they're not going to book a friend of his who's not at you know, the caliber of his fame in terms of noticeability. And Mm -hmm. he will go and willingly book himself so he can bring his buddy on. Like, who else does that? I've never seen, like, I've never seen anything like that. That's what I mean by that. Like, I, I mean, most people would just be like, oh, you know, like, I have to promote my stuff. So I can't have you on there too. And that would have been so understandable. But I feel like he literally, like he would not even have booked that show unless he if, was like, oh, yeah. it, it's a, it's an opportunity for me to put Tony's music out there. Like, right. <sighs> I still, every time I hear Catch Me, whenever Tony plays it or I, it plays on my, I, you know, on my iPhone, I'm always like waiting for JC to start that verse. I know. Oh my gosh. He's so great. Imagine having him as your, yeah, as your friend in your corner. I, yeah, would love that. Yes. Like I said, if you guys need a friend, I'm here. Precisely. Uh, yes. So then we have Blowing Me Up, which is definitely a, a favorite of the masses, even though it was it was really like a modest hit. But when I bring up JC, I feel like people bring this up all the time that yeah. don't even care about him. They're like, oh, I love that song. For sure. I think um, raise your hand if you stayed for the credits in Drumline so you could hear the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that this song is it's another example of JC just having so much fun with his music and truly just having that joy. I mean, mm-hmm. this song is just so fun. I love the mu- I love the lyrics. You know, I love she was the queen to be, but she couldn't fight the chemistry. Like, let's like, <laughs> how cute is that? And just, yeah. you know, I was never a big fan of Tara Reed. So, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of her being in the music video, but I'm sure that was like a jealous teenage thing. Uh, <laughs> but the video, like how cute they were like kind of having that back and forth banter. You know, she was, you know, kind of walking up on him and he was dancing. But just it's another different and fun way to show like you're feeling someone. Yeah. And I think that the chemistry that they have is just so crazy like I know that they've both tried to say that they'd never dated at all or whatever and I'm just like no one believes this no uh, because they were together all the time like I right. do you have- don't you don't wear a tea necklace unless that necklace Mr. Chazé was for Timberlake which oh my, my Joshton loving heart Joshton 100% Joshton will forever be real yes <laughs> no but I just I always thought that was funny because I was like why was it a T? Like it, it wasn't. Why wasn't it a J? Like why was it just her? Because she had they were matching, right? Like she didn't have one that said J. She had one that said T, and so did he. I was like, okay, yeah, Ooh. interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I love the whole story too about how she had to bail him out because he had hired a model to do it who couldn't do it, and then she came in, and um, I think it turned out 
perfect. And I honestly yeah, I think, think like, the chemistry was more there yes. with them than he would have had with a model. Oh my God. The chemistry is off the charts. And um, this is like the only time that they really gave JC like money to do anything. This video right. is like epic. And um, the only thing I don't love that I feel like this song just goes a little too far. Like it does a little too much in terms of sound. Like I just don't think they needed the, you know, maybe Marching we'll band. get naughty, like that oh, whole yeah. thing. I'm just like, I don't feel like it needed that part. Like there was already so much going on, but it's an example and a good kind of like precursor to what schizophrenic will be like. It's like, if you don't like a lot of random sounds, this is not the album for (laughs) you. This is not the album for you. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I loved the horns, you know, being a kid who was big into music as a, you know, in high school and middle school, I was a choir kid, not a band kid, but you know, the drum line, you know, nod and the, the background with that. I think it's just fun when it kicks it into, into gear there before you get into that part. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I think it's a fun song. I'm glad that that was the one that Dallas Austin kind of got him on. And that was sort of that initial view that the world got of JC solo. Yeah. And people have a good memory of that. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why people that are more locals and not obsessed with instinct they'll be like why didn't he have a career that song was so good and i'm like oh sit down I'm sit like, down do and let's talk about this how long <laughs> do you have yeah do you have any whiskey scotch like something old because yes, i need to light, really light a it. fireplace i'll pour a nice old-fashioned and we'll talk about it <laughs> yes uh and then we have the the dirt mcgirt version which um we we already we talked about on, so yeah I mean, we, we're we done. That is Ooh. schizophrenic. JC's one and only actually released uh, solo album. And oh, gosh, I'm just so thankful that you could set aside this time to do this with me because this was so, so fun. And I'm going to let you go in a second. But because I we are going to have a couple episodes about Kate as well, yep. but I'll have a different guest on for that. So I just want... Um, if you could give kind of just like a quick like what do you think about that album man I need to pour an old fashioned for that one man I know (laughs) Um, you know the biggest disappointing part for me was that until yesterday and you ruined me were such amazing songs you know with the Justin connection for until yesterday and you ruined me as my number one hands down all-time favorite JC song if not in my top five musicals like songs of all time it's my favorite too it's just so good like it's amazing there was that one point where they were like yeah jive records is giving it to another artist and i was like you can't give it to anyone but joshua scott chazay like that is his song just everything that went on like all the the promo that he did himself on it and then all of a sudden poof it disappeared it's just like to me it's just one of those things where it's like I don't know, man, like JC was like, I don't want it to come out. And then it like, it was weird because then, you know, we were in the age of YouTube and like songs that he did for other people and demos that he did were coming out and people were like, was that on Kate? And there was like not a definitive track listing. And then all of a sudden it did come out and JC was like, you know, I didn't want this to come out. It's just, it's one of those weird situations where it's like, I've always been team like whatever makes JC happy. And if that album didn't come out under JC's accord, like I don't, I don't tend to talk about or promote it because I support JC and his artistry for what he wants. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd be damned if I said I didn't want to sink my teeth into all the tracks on the album. Oh, my God. I know. And there's – I mean, fans are very sensitive about this, and I totally understand why. But I I, I mean, I obviously don't think that anyone should be um, making any money or, mm-hmm. like, you know, YouTube ads or whatever um, – off of it but I think you know in the privacy of your own home it's like I don't really feel like it's hurting him to listen to it like I can't just write off you ruined me and never listen to it again I'm sorry for all you guys that say it's so wrong right well I'm thankful for the fact that I bought it off of iTunes many years ago so I'm like you know what I have a real copy of that one but it's it's hard because I love the man so much and I want music that my ears haven't heard but it's a it's a hard one, you know, and you have people who are like, I refuse to listen to it. And I'm a person who I'm like, eh, you know, I really don't feel in my like right heart of hearts that I should be listening to it. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see what other people are doing. And I've gone and like, people are like, well, this song went to this person. And this song went to this person. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll listen to that person's version. And just imagine what JC sounded like. Yeah, I totally understand both sides of it. Like, I understand the people that are like, look, I'm going to listen to it anyway. It exists. Like, I'm not doing anything to hurt him. It's not like I buy it. If I could buy it, I would buy it, but I can't. I would have bought it in 2007. I would would have bought three copies, man. Yeah. You know, throw it it up there now, JC. I'll, I'll buy it. Right. That just makes me laugh because that reminds me of when uh, Nick Jonas and the administration came out with, you know, who I am. And I went to Target and bought like eight copies. And the cashier was like, what are you doing with all these copies? I was like, I don't know. You're like, I'm a real stan. OK, I need multiple copies. Well, I, I think I looked at her and I was like, um, I think I'm donating them to the children's hospital. When in reality, like they're all still sitting on my shelf. But of course, no, you need backups. What if what if something happens? You know, exactly. I, I wrote my first <laughs> copy of Schizophrenic. So right. And as, again, like the other side of that coin, people that, like you're saying, are like, I just will not listen to it. It's stolen music. It's disrespectful to him. I completely understand. Like, I agree. The thing is, like, I kind of agree with both, which sounds hypocritical, but like. No, I I understand the the need. And I've said this to so many people. I understand the need and the want for the music. It just doesn't sit right with me to listen to it. So I don't. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, and it's like, that's the choice that I made. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like so many different ways to look at it too. Cause sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, if he wanted people to hear it, then he would have just like put it out. Right. Even if he did it like in an indie way or something. But then I'm, I'm like, but he worked hard on them. If yeah. people enjoy them, shouldn't they be able to listen to that? You know, it's just so yeah. complicated, but I totally respect all sides of that yeah. issue. I don't think anyone is wrong. <laughs> it's like one of those things, you know, it's yeah, like no one's it's, really wrong, but. Right. It's one of those moral dilemmas where there's multiple different ways to look at it. I wish that I, I wish that it was, you know, made available to us through JC. I feel like it would make a lot of people feel better, but if that's the choice he makes, obviously I support him, but. Yeah, I've thought so many times about like, what if JC made like a Patreon or something and just, I know he's like, I'm not, I don't need, I don't want to make money off of whatever, but he could even just say, oh, I'm donating the money to a charity or something. Right. I would, I would gladly throw whatever he wanted me to throw at him for a project like that. Oh, of course. And just like, because when he was doing the only artist thing, he wanted to share whatever he was working on with fans. And and he did. Yeah. 
So I'm like, it would be so cool if he had a Patreon and it's like the whole world is not going to be criticizing him. It's just going to be like us on there. And if he wanted to throw up a song, it's like it's not like it's going to go to number one on iTunes. It's just he just wants to like put it up and have somebody enjoy it. You know, right. I just I yeah. wish do something like that. It, that yeah. would just please if anyone listening has any connection to him or like any please just like just throw it out there be like you you could make some money for a charity JC like that'll make him do it I feel like yeah <laughs> I mean I would gladly gladly support and listen to the project so I would Absolutely. 100% 100% support that well this was so fun thank you so much Christine for joining me tonight and let everybody know where they can follow you. Yes. If you are an Instagram friend, you can follow me at Shazade Daily. It's a little picture of me drinking a mimosa at a boy band brunch. Um, if you are on TikTok, <laughs> which is where all the content that I put on TikTok, I, I migrate over to Shazade Daily. It's Christine Jean 87. I have it started off as my personal TikTok and then turned into a little in sync. So those are the places that you can find me. And if you are a person who likes to visit web pages, I do also run InSyncOnline.com. It's been a hot minute since I've updated it because the school year has been so busy. But um, I do post a lot of InSync news there. Everybody check out InSync Online. And if you don't already follow her on Instagram, you absolutely have to. So I love it. I love following your account. Yours is definitely one of my favorites. So. Yes, I appreciate that. I love hanging out with my with my fangirl squad. It makes me very happy. Yes, it is. It's so much fun. Well, that is going to do it for us tonight, everybody. But thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriya Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.